0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Man, are you glad to be in church this morning? We're so glad that you're here. I usually, when I speak, I usually like to speak in series. We just got out of the series Relationship Goals. And I got to tell you, I had so many, so many people tell me that 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 series ministered to them, touch them. That's all on the website. You can go through there. I would encourage you to go through there with your spouse, take some notes, and it is a free download. And uh, I, I would just really encourage you to do that. But I usually speak in series when we do we're going to actually start a two-part series next week called The Breaking Point. And, uh, and the question will be, will you break down or will you break through? And we're going to look at Jesus and the Garden of Gethsemane and his life as we get ready into this Easter series we're so excited about. We'll start The Breaking Point uh, next week. But this morning, I want to talk to you about change. Will everybody say that with me. Say, Change. Come on, if you have your Bible or mobile device, turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. You know, I think change is something we talk about it a lot, but really in reality, it doesn't turn into action. But here's the question for this morning. How do you handle change? How do you handle in your life when things change? Because how many of you know the world is changing? Things are happening. You know, um, my wife and I, we moved here um, from uh, Texas and to start Passion Life Church over five years ago, the church is four years ago, and so we sold our house, that was a big adventure, and then we came here, we got our apartment, we settled in, and we were really excited with our apartment, and we had a plan that we're gonna save money for our house, and then we went to renew our lease uh, this uh, last year in January, and they said, hey, well, we can't do a full 12-month lease, we're only gonna do 10 months because we're gonna need to remodel your apartment. And so that means, and I was like, what does that mean? they said, well, you can either move away from the apartment complex and move somewhere else, or you can get another apartment. How many of you know sometimes things happen in our life and change comes even when you're not ready for it? And it has to be handled. And I really believe as Christians, we should be change masters. And the question is, is how do you handle change? Why? Because the answer to that question could determine how much God will do in your life. You know, the definition of change in the Webster's Dictionary is to make different or become different, to alter. And so when we make a change for the better in our lives, how many of you know it helps us grow? It helps us grow. But we've all heard the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And sometimes we know the definition of insanity, yet we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And we know the definition of insanity, but we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And we know the definition of insanity, but we keep doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting the same result. I'm trying to wake you up this morning, Because some of us wonder, why haven't I lost the weight? We keep eating the same thing over and over and over. And then we wonder why. Come on, somebody. It just won't come off. It will. But you have to. You got to change. You got to do something different. You gotta exercise. You gotta get out of bed. You can't just walk through and sleep through life every day and go. Oh, my life is the way it is. You gotta change. You gotta. Change. And this is what Jesus does when He comes into our lives. He changes us. Can you say a good amen? amen? But change in a Christian's life should not be a one-time event. It should be a lifestyle. You know, I know people that there had lived in 2017, but the last time they went through any changes in their life was 2009 and life is moving forward. And my question today is that how do you handle change? Because God is all about change. He doesn't change, but he'll change you and he'll change you. And so unless you change how you are, you'll always have what you've got. If I keep doing the same thing over and over again, then you know what? I'm always going to get back the same thing. Now, we can want change. I don't doubt that people don't want change. That's the first step. I want change. Oh, Pastor Phil, I wish things would change. When you wish upon a star. We can wish, hope, and wish, and hope and never change, you know why? Because we never put action to our wish and to our want. See, a lot of people want change, but they're not willing to do what it takes to change. I'm all about routine, I like routine. I'm religious about a lot of things in my life, but at the same time, we have to be willing to change. And here's the reality, the same actions bring the same results. Well, my finances are never getting better. Well, the same actions and the same spending gets you what? The same results. So to be more than what I I am or to be more than what I've got, I must become more than what I am. And that requires change. So let's look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It's a very, very popular story in the Bible. And what I want to do is I just want to look at how God is going to change people's perceptions of himself and even of themselves in this story. It's the story of Peter walking on the water, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Have you found it? It says in verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and while he sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain himself to pray. How many of you think if Jesus prayed when he was on the earth, it would be good that we prayed when we're on the earth, right? Now when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat now was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Everybody say that with me, say contrary. How many of you have found that in life sometimes there are winds that are contrary and there are resistance, there's resistance in life to certain things, especially when you want to grow? Anybody found out that there can be circumstances that are contrary? It says they were tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. Let me just take a, a moment right here. I think Peter said, hey, I think it's Jesus. And Thomas said, I doubt it. And Judas said, I'll bet you 32 pieces of silver. It's not Jesus. Verse 27. <laughs> but he immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. One translation says, take courage. It is I, and do not be afraid. Will you just look at your neighbor just real quick and say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Who said come? Jesus. Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But, 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 Peter's going to go ahead and put his butt in there. Listen, but when he saw the wind was boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. It's a powerful story. You know, today, as I share with you about this this verse and these verses, I want to talk to you about three barriers and three benefits of change from this story. You know most of us have heard this Bible story it's a very popular Bible story and I just want to encourage you a lot of times when I preach or a preacher will preach on a story you already know it's very easy to try to predict what the Holy Spirit wants to say because you already know the verses and so what I'm going to ask you to do today is just be open-hearted to see maybe if the Holy Spirit how many of you know this book is alive so every time you read it you can get something different and every time you read it, this book is reading you. Every time we read it, the author is right there and he's reading with us and this book is alive. So I, the temptation is, is that once we hear the story, it's like, I already know that. I remember hearing this story when I was six years old in children's church. We used to have, man, it was real old school. We used to have a flannel, I think it was, or a felt board. How many of you know what that is? The felt board, and they had a cutout picture of Jesus. And on the back, Jesus was sticky and they would stick him on that felt board. And then, right, they would do like little Noah's Ark and they'd have an ark and they did this story of Jesus walking on the water. And I guess for some reason in our class, the teacher thought that Jesus should be on the board all the time, like he was in every Bible story, even in the ones in the Old Testament. But the challenge was, is that Jesus, since he was on the board so much, he lost his stickiness. And I'll never forget the teacher was there with the big red board and we were all sitting there six years old. And as the teacher was all excited and passionate, Jesus began to fall off the red board. And it was like this so he just began to peel like right off the board. And I just remember as a six year old watching the teacher and then looking at the board, thinking Jesus is falling off the board. And what unbeknownst to the teacher, he fell all the way off onto the floor as they were talking about Jesus walking on the water. And the teacher turns around to look at Jesus and Jesus disappeared. (laughs) And this was amazing until... The teacher turned around and didn't see Jesus. But what we realized as a a six-year-old little boy, he didn't realize that Jesus was on the floor and he stepped on Jesus. Come on. See, I grew up knowing that the devil was under our feet, not Jesus. And so the teacher had stepped on Jesus. Now, for a six-year-old, that was like, "Oh, oh, my gosh, he stepped on Jesus, And you should have seen his face because he looked down and realized that Jesus was under his feet. He looked at all of us as six-year-olds and we were like this. And he was so creative because he turned it from Jesus walking on the water into Jesus went to the cross. He went to hell and he said he went to hell and the grave and then he picked him back up and said he rose again and he slammed Jesus back on the felt board and we were all like, yeah, Jesus is alive again. Whew. That's why we don't use those, those boards in children's church anymore. But you know, when we hear these stories, a lot of times we already know. And, but I think this story really helps us to see some challenges that come against change. And let's just kind of break this story down. Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go to the other side, get in a boat. He stays behind and he's, he's going to pray. So he goes, he gets the multitudes to go away. He gets on... The mountain and he's, he's up there praying and then he gets down and while this is happening the disciples are in a boat and they're in the middle of the sea and all of a sudden the winds and the waves are contrary the boat is rocking and <laughs> I just think that the disciples are just sitting there going you know what's going on they're probably singing the theme to Gilligan's Island sit right back and we'll hear it and, they're all, and then all of a sudden they're like man this, this, these winds and this storm are really rocking the boat. Have you ever had a time in your life where your boat has been rocked? Have you ever had a situation in your life where the boat has been so rocked that fear began to take a hold? And I got to tell you, some of these guys are fishermen. They've been out in storms before, but here's what happens. Not only is the boat rocking and the winds are contrary, it's dark. It's 4 a.m. It's windy. How many of you know it's the perfect scene for a horror movie? And they're looking around and all of a sudden they see this ghost type figure. Now, see, when we read this story, we go, eh, it was just Jesus walking on the water. Yeah, you know that because you read the story. But if you put yourself in the story with the wind and it's 4 a.m. and there's waves and all of a sudden you see this ghost-like figure coming towards them, we know, hey, it's Jesus. But here's what I want us to learn because we can look at these scriptures and go, how does this apply to me? Let me give you some life application. Jesus comes to them in a different form that they've never seen before. They look at him and Jesus comes in a different way. So he's changing their perspective. You know why? Because the disciples look, they're not thinking that's a guy walking on water. Well, why are they thinking that? People don't walk on water. They've never seen that before. How many of you today, have you ever seen somebody walk on water? I'm not talking about in the movies. I'm talking about you're at the pool this summer and people are, uh, no. I know Chris Angel's tried to do it in Las Vegas, but they got glass underneath. Come on, somebody. But G- they have never seen this before. And the question becomes this. How do you react in your life when Jesus wants to do something in your life that you've never seen before? And so he's coming to them. And here's the first barrier to change. The fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. And see, so many people have this cookie cutter type mentality of what Jesus is. You know, some people, their perception of Jesus is baby Jesus at Christmas. He's baby Jesus. He's so cute and Mary and Joseph. And some people never get past the Christmas Jesus. And then there's Easter Jesus that's coming. Oh, I got to go to church one Sunday. One Sunday out of the whole year because of Easter Jesus, he died and rose again. And what they do is they put God in the box. And let me just tell us this morning, Easter is not just a Sunday experience Easter is a lifestyle experience that we are supposed to experience every day because Paul said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So I'm not just supposed to attend an Easter service. I'm supposed to experience that resurrection power in my life every day. Come on, somebody, come on, let's give him a good round of applause because that power is in every day. But see, that's how we put God in a box. We just go, well, it's Easter. No, it's everyday life that that resurrection power would actually quicken our mortal body. But I got to tell you, the Bible says that John had a revelation in the book of Revelation that when Jesus comes back and the clouds open up, my church family, we're not going to look up and see baby Jesus. The Bible says we're going to look up and his eyes are going to be like fire. And then when he opens his mouth, it's going to be like a sword and he's going to be on a white horse. And the Bible says this, how about this guys? He's going to have a robe that's dripped in blood. And on the side of his thigh is going to say King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're not going to see a baby up there. You're going to see the King. Come on. Can you give him a good round of applause? Cause he's coming back. you see him, listen, determines how you respond to him. And so here, their fear of the unknown, Jesus was wanting to do something in their lives. He was coming to them. And I think, listen, I think Jesus coming to them, walking on the water says, look, he can change the way you think about things. You've never seen this before, but just because you've never seen this before doesn't mean that God can't do it. He can do something new. But see, if you're not open to change, what happens is he won't do anything new in your life because you're so stuck in a rut. And many times we get stuck in that rut. Why? Because we're afraid. I remember giving my life to Christ before actually doing it. I was afraid. I was afraid that God was gonna turn me into Mr. Rogers. I didn't want to be Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was not cool in my day. He was cool when I was six. But as a teenager, guess what? He wasn't cool. I was into Batman. And I'm not talking about the Dark Knight. I'm talking about Adam West. Come on, somebody. The real Batman with the freaky eyebrows. You know that one? With the weird ears. That's the Batman I was into. But you know what? Jesus didn't come to turn me into Mr. Rogers. Jesus came so I could be a child of God. But see, how you see him and that fear actually became a barrier for the change in my life. And I thank God that finally I saw him as Savior. I saw him as Lord. But fear can hold you back. You know what's interesting, I think, is that here's the, the first benefit actually to change. The first benefit of change is there's a whole new perspective in your life. See, many people think that when there's a storm in their life, They say, where's Jesus? And I'm in this storm, whatever storm you may be in this morning. I mean, it could be a relational storm. It could be financial. It could be, but they're like, man, I'm in this storm and where is Jesus? And this is what I love about this story. If you read this story in the book of Mark, because we read it out of the book of Matthew. But if you read it out of the book of Mark, it says this. It says the 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 disciples were in the storm, and Jesus was just walking on the water. Come on, you got to think Jesus is cool because of that. I mean, he's just Michael Jackson did the moonwalk. Jesus walked on water. Hee hee. Come on, somebody. And so he's walking on the water and he's just chilling, walking on the water, right? His row, I don't know how, it, however you picture. And the disciples are over there in a storm. And the book of Mark says this, the book of Mark says he would have passed them by, but he heard them crying out. So in the middle of the storm, here are the disciples and they cry out and Jesus would have passed them by, but he heard a cry And so what he does is he goes to them in the storm. So what's amazing to me is that we have a God that when we cry out, is not a God that just wants to watch you struggle in the storm. We have a God that wants to be with you in the storm. And he goes to them. And they see him and they don't know what they're looking at. Right? One person says, it's a ghost. I "I see dead people. I don't know. And this is what I love about Peter, because Peter, Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, it's because I can't tell, I can't tell what you're doing in my life right now, Jesus. It doesn't, I don't see the beard and the hair and the, and the sandals. I see this image. And if it's you, bid me come. See, This is a whole new perspective for the disciples because people don't walk on water. People, if they're going to be on water, they need to be in a boat. That's what we know. That's life. And I think what's interesting is that I, I came to challenge us a little bit. My church family, there's life beyond what you have experienced. There's life beyond what you know. See, even before I gave my life to Christ, I was so narrow-minded. I thought I had life all figured out, but I didn't know life until Jesus came into my life. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the, the life. You don't know life until you know him. I thought life was partying. I thought life's name was Jim Bean. Come on. It's not Jim Bean. It's Jesus Christ. And I did everything the world told me to do, and I still came up empty. But I thought I knew. And when I gave my life to Christ, I tell you, I I honestly tell you, I know God has so much. I know he has so much more. But I was thinking about this. That if I woke up tomorrow and I was in heaven, I have lived such a full life, exciting life, beyond what I've ever imagined or thought. And that's the kind of stuff that he does. But see, we can get so narrow-minded and just think life in Marietta. Ooh, I went to Temecula today. I crossed the line. Phil, I changed. Wow. Isn't that funny? I just think it's funny how people think here right? We're in Marietta. Where do you, Menifee? Menifee, that's too far. (laughs) Lake Elsinore. Oh, (sighs) that's going to be like 15 minutes. What's wrong with you? We're alive. Are you alive this morning? Like four of you. Good. Then this message is for you. There's life beyond what you know. And this is what I love is that so you're in the storm. But guess what? Jesus is right there. And we have to change our perspective. You're not alone in the storm. And so what Jesus is showing us is that by coming to them on the water, listen, this is what it shows us. Here's the life application that you not only have a God who is in the storm with you, you have a God that walks above the storm. He walks on the water. So I read to you that in the story, the winds were contrary. The storm is great. So you have a Jesus that is a water walking Jesus. He's not just the Christmas Jesus. He's not just the Easter Jesus. We have a God who walks on water. He walks on water. Why is that important? And we can sit here and celebrate it, it's great. Woo! I have a God that walks on water. But guess what? Peter said, if I have a God that walks on water, if that's really you, I want a shot at it. I love Peter, because he's crazy loco. It's one thing when you're crazy in English, But in Spanish, when you're local, that's like a whole nother level of crazy. Come on, all my Mexican brothers and sisters. You know, that little white boy, he crazy. But when you say he local, people are like, like we are other language crazy now. Don't shout me down because I'm telling the truth. I know. And Peter's like, you walking on water? And if that's you, can I ask you this question? What good is it that we have a God that walks on water, but yet we as his children can't walk on water? What good is it we have a God that is overcoming and victorious, but then his children are defeated and not overcoming? We have a God that overcame death, hell, and the grave, and that's good, but then he takes his spirit and puts that spirit in you so you can be victorious as his child. And yes, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. So Peter says, if it's you, I want to come out there. This is what I think Peter's thinking. It's not in the word of God and it's okay. I know when you come to church, everything must be in the word of God. Yes, but when it's not, I will tell you, okay? This is my imagination, ADD, ADHD, at and imagination. Okay, this is how I think of things in this. There's a lot going on in here right now. Here's what I think Peter thought. Do I stay in the boat with these bozos? Because we're all scared. Because I think I'd rather be out there with the Savior. Because out there, there's peace, there's strength, there's stability. And Lord, if it really is you in this moment, tell me to come. And this is what I love about Jesus. And we need to know this. Jesus says one word. Come. Peter got one word, come. For Peter to walk on water, he got one word from Jesus. And I still believe that one word from Jesus can still change a person's life. And I still believe that one word, if you'll stand on, it'll help you overcome and walk above the storms in your life. Peter got one word. And I say that because today, nowadays, we're like, Lord, speak to me. And we ask him a question and he says one word to us. And we're like, but I need more. I need like a 40 step plan. If God gave you a 40 step plan, you wouldn't have faith. That's why he doesn't tell you everything. He keeps it, keeps you in suspense. Because that's what we want, because we're control freaks. We want to know everything. And if you knew everything, you wouldn't go back to Jesus for information. And he's more committed to his relationship with you than you just going off doing what you need to do. So he gives Peter one word. Now, what's interesting is that all the the disciples are paranoid and Jesus, I mean, Peter's like, man, I want to try something new. I mean, if if this is something new, I want to do it. And he goes out there and here's what's interesting. He gets one word and look what Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So Jesus says, Peter, come. And in Peter, faith started to stir. With one word from God, Peter gets out of the boat. One word. And I want to tell you, in the storm, God's word will stir faith inside of you. And whatever storm you're going through, or maybe you're not in a storm right now, but I'm telling you what, I'm giving you some storm prevention this morning that you can write down that in the middle of the storm, it's God's word that's going to anchor you and help you walk above the storm. And you know what? Peter makes a simple choice. I'm getting out of the boat. But here's the second barrier. The first barrier is fear of the unknown. But here's the second barrier to change is our comfort, to be comfortable. And I got to tell you, the Christian life is not a comfortable life. The Christian life is a life of risk. See, I think this is the disservice that pastors sometimes do when we preach is that we preach a boring Christianity. It's just actually Christianity is adventurous. You know why? You spell faith, R-I-S-K. Okay, risk. When I gave my life to Jesus, I risked it all and said, here's my life. Now take it, it was a 19 year old life. It was probably about this big. It was broken, shattered, and I gave it to Jesus because the alternative was suicide. Actually, I was on my knees and I said, you know what, God? I've tried everything that people have told me to do. And you know what? I am empty. And he said, you know what he said to me? He said, Phil, Take your life. And I said, what you talking about, Willis? Take my life. He said, take your life, give it to me, and I'll give you back a life you've never dreamed of. And that night, I died at 19. I was on my knees at my aunt's house, and I died. Phil Valdez died, and I gave my life to Jesus. And guess what he gave me in return? He gave me a better life. He gave me his life. But it's a risk. It's adventurous. And that's what I like about Peter because he's like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to risk. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you risked something for God's name? When was the last time you risked something for Jesus? Telling your neighbor about Jesus. I mean, let's just be honest. It's awkward talking to people about the Lord. Because as soon as like you say Jesus that's like when all the demons come out of everybody. Have you noticed that? Like, I was just talking about, hey, come to our church, you know, celebrating Jesus, Jesus. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm all about serving people and loving people, but there's just something about like, when you just, are you trying to get me involved in your religion? And blah blah It's a risk, but you know what? We do it because people need Jesus. But when was the last time you took a risk out of your comfort zone? Even to just invite somebody to church. And so what happens is that we fight for our comfort. And we just we don't want to try anything new sometimes. Things are just good, they're comfortable. And you know what? That's what the boat represents to me with the disciples. Well, we're gonna go on the water, let's get a boat. That's how we always do it. And Jesus is like, ha la 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 la, you don't need a boat. I'm doing something different. I'm doing something new. And you know what I think is that some people want change, but not at the cost of losing their comfort. And you can't have it. You can't have it. People who just want to stay comfortable in their walk with God, here's what I found. Take this as a warning. People who just stay comfortable in their walk with God usually become stagnant. And you become stagnant. Have you ever been around stagnant water? It stinks. You stinky. And then you know what happens? If you're not moving forward, you're standing still. And when you stand still, you begin to move backwards. Why? Because there's no more risk. There's no more faith involved in your life. And you say, well, why is God not moving in my life? Because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Today, I stand before you in these cool, weird boots. But you know what? I stand up here in faith, believing that what we're doing today is going to change people's lives. But if I didn't have faith this morning, I couldn't stand up in front of you but it always takes faith. But here's the second benefit of change. Are you ready? Barriers get broken. Peter broke a barrier. You know, the Bible's not specific. And I, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to so many people, but don't you have these questions when Peter like put his foot on the water? Like, what's the water called? You know, like when you get into the pool, how many of you, when you get into the pool, you are first little toe, you are dipping. Let me see. How many of you are just dippers? Let me see. All right. How many of you, you do not care how the water is. You are cannonball all the way. Let me see you. All right. There's like three or four of you. Okay. I wonder. But Peter gets out and Peter broke a barrier in his life. And here's what change does. When you have a new perspective of Jesus, Jesus is a water walking God. He's in the storm, walks above the storm with me. And with Jesus, any barrier that I'm facing can be broken. And we all have barriers. We all have barriers. For some, it's fear. It's insecurity. For some of us, it's our own attitude. For some of us, it's just us and our pride. For others, it's a financial barrier. There's all of these barriers. For some of you in this room, your barrier is doubt. You just doubt. But you know what? By one step of faith, Peter breaks the barrier of doubt. And what I found in my life is that when I said God change me, I didn't really realize that he would take me up on that and he would come into my heart, begin to mend it, begin to give me strength and taking all of the things, you know, as, as growing up, I never met my real father and I didn't know what that was. I don't never seen his face. I don't. And then my mom got remarried and then they went through a divorce and I had all of these identity issues. And, but when Jesus come in, I had a lot of barriers that I needed to break. You know, I've never really said this publicly, but because I never knew that father figure, I had a problem looking at men in the eyes because I'd never had that, that, that example to me. So every time I was, there was a male authority in my life, I, I always it was tough for me to relate. I had a lot of barriers. And Jesus came into my heart. And when I took that risk and said, God, I want to change, he broke barriers in my life. And I don't know what barriers you have this morning. Maybe it's a barrier of sickness or a barrier of anger that's stopping you from change. And I'm telling you, we serve a water walking God that not only walks on water, but wants his children to come out of the boat and break some barriers. Come on. Can you give him a good round of applause this morning? It's time to break some barriers. It is. It's time to change and break through. But here's the third Barrier to change. Failure. Well, Pastor Phil, what if I try? What if I get out and, and, I, and, I, and I fail? And I think some people will think, well, why even try? Because I may fail. Yeah, you may fail. Absolutely. But listen, I'm here to tell you, you're probably going to make mistakes. How many after, how many of you, after you got saved, you still make mistakes? Let me see your hand. It's all of us. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Cause if you're not, you just made a mistake and lied in church. And you know what happens when you lie in church, you lie, you fry. We all make mistakes. We're all on a journey. Christianity's a journey. That's why I like to say Passion Light Church, there's no perfect people allowed because none of us are perfect. But you know what? Peter starts to walk on water. He's walking above the storm. He's doing it. But then something happens in his mind. He starts to really think about it. He really starts to think, wow, I hear the wind. I, I see these waves. And they probably thought this, how could I walk on water. The reality is, Peter, you can't walk on water by yourself. You can only walk on God's word. See, Peter didn't walk on water. Peter walked on the word that Jesus gave. And that word was come. And when Jesus said come, Peter got out of the boat and said, because you said come, I will walk on what you said. So when we walk on the word of God, when we stand on the word of God, we can walk above the storm. But Peter starts to sink because, and listen, listen, let's learn from Peter how quick that happened. Oh, I'm walking on water. Oh, I'm sinking. That fast. Oh, I'm a person full of faith. Oh, that happened. I doubt. Peter's not the only human one in this story. It's how quick. And I know as a pastor, I'm talking to people. Oh, they're full of faith. They love church. Something happens. I hate church. I don't want to get back. What happened to you? But this is what doubt does. And then he starts to fail when he doubts. And then I love this. And he yells, Lord, save me. Three words, Lord, save me. Now this is something you need to know about Jesus. Jesus reaches out towards him and picks him up and saves him. Notice what Jesus didn't do. And I think this is sometimes the mentality of what we have about Jesus. Peter's sinking, save me. And Jesus walks up and goes, Peter, are you learning your lesson? Peter's like, oh, I'm dying over here. Peter, you doubted. Notice what Jesus didn't do that. You know what Jesus does first? Is he restores him first. He reconciles him first. Because Peter, in faith, said, Lord, save me. That even in his mess-ups and mistakes, God's still willing to save. See, salvation is not just a one-time occurrence. God is still saving people and saving you, some of you from yourself, some of you from your mistakes. Come on, even the mistakes you're going to make tomorrow, he wants to save you from that. Come on, let's give him a better round of applause than that. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes but call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Notice Jesus picks him up first and they both walk back to the boat. Then after he is saved and not drowning, Jesus says this. He says, O ye of little faith. That really puzzles me because Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. And Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. You know what Jesus is interested in? He's not just interested in how you start. He's interested in how you finish. And here's basically what he was telling Peter. The faith that you had to start, if you would have just used that faith, you would have finished. That's why Jesus says, if you just have a mustard seed of faith, That's like the smallest seed. A small mustard seed of faith can move great mountains. What is Jesus saying? If you would just use that faith that's already inside of you, you could move mountains. And he get back in the boat. And you know, I think a lot of times we get down on Peter because he failed. But let me just tell you, my church family, Peter, besides Jesus, Peter is the only human being that ever walked on water. And I can see them getting back to the boat. And I wonder what the disciples are thinking at this point. I wonder if they're freaking out. I wonder if they're laughing. Peter, dude, you totally biffed it, man. (laughs) Because you always have those people that are negative. Come on. But you know what? Peter could look at them in the face and say, but I did it. Whether it was one step, two steps, five steps, we'll never know. But you know what? Peter walked on water and see some of us are so focused on failure and so focused on our mistakes that we don't even realize that there's a lot of good that's going on in our life. Can you say a good amen? But you got to get out of the boat. And here's the last one for today. As we close, here's the benefit of change. It's not only a new perspective. It's not just that it's not just breaking barriers, but it's growth. It's growth. You can't have growth in your life without change. Peter's faith grew immensely because he got out of the boat. Peter experienced the power of God like no other person. He walked on water. He experienced the power of change. And see, here's the reality. I think this whole story, this is my interpretation. God wants us to know we have a God who walks on water. And he wants his children to be water walking people. What does that mean? That in the storms of life, we take his word and we walk and we stand on his word. And we have a God that not only is in the storm with us, but he's more powerful than the storm. Can you hear it say a good amen this morning? When you change for the better, it produces growth. It produces maturity. Change allows us to experience new possibilities and adventures. And when Peter stepped out of that boat, he took a step of faith and a risk. You know, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, impossible in the Greek means this. The word impossible means without strength, impotent, powerless, weakly, disabled. So in other words, without faith, we are without strength. Without faith, we are impotent. Without faith, we are powerless. Without faith, we are weakly. Without faith, we are disabled. And I'm gonna tell you, faith is not just for salvation. Faith is for daily life. And I think that change is a gift that God gives us. And I would be honest, if we were all to be honest today, we would say, all of us in some area of our life need to change. I still need to change. Some of you are like, yeah, you really need to change. I need to change. And God gives us this gift. And I believe that God wants to see change in your life. I'm going to ask this morning, if you'll stand with me today as we close, and if you'll stand and let's, let's give God a great round of applause for his word. I want you to close your eyes. We have just a couple more moments. I want you to close your eyes for a moment because I really believe that these are water walking moments. Some of you in this room this morning may be in a storm. Some of you may not. Some of you, for others, it could be barriers. There's some barriers there. And you you know, because it's, it's been costing you in your life. It's, you know that it's been hurting you. You know you've been trying and you, you don't feel like you're the, the person or the success that you need to be because there's still barriers in your life. And I wanna say what I said this morning when we started. The same actions bring about the same results. And God has given us a gift of change. And I'm telling you this morning That when you change, you become an instrument of change. See, today, the reason why I can talk about God changing me is because I've been changed. Now I can be an instrument of that change because I've experienced that. And I just believe this week as I prayed that God would break some barriers in your life today. Barriers that have been there for a long time. But, you know, he wants to do something like you've never seen before. How do you handle that change today? Are you willing to change? Are you willing to give in to the new life that God has for you? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.